Chapter Four of In the Sweet Dry and Dry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In the Sweet Dry and Dry by Christopher Morley and Bart Haley. Chapter Four The Great War Begins. As the echoes of the parade died away, public excitement was roused to fever by the discovery that evening of an infernal machine in the city hall leaning against one of the great marble pillars in the lobby of the building a gleaming object looking very much like a four-inch shrapnel shell was found by a vigilant patrolman to his horror he found it to be one of the much dreaded thermos bottles experts from the bureau of rumbustibles were summoned and the bomb was carefully analyzed much to the disappointment of the chief inspector the devilish ingredients of the explosive had been spoiled by immersion in a pail of water so his examination was purely theoretical but it was plain that the leading component of this hellish mixture had been nothing less than gin animated by a fuse of lemon peel if the cylinder had exploded unquestionably every occupant of the city hall would have been intoxicated the conduct of the municipal officials in this crisis was extremely courageous no one knew whether other articles of this kind might be concealed about the building but the mayor and the councilmen refused to go home and even assisted in the search for possible bombs secret servicemen were called from washington and went into consultation with bishop chuff it was a night of uproar a reign of terror was freely predicted and many prominent citizens sat up until after midnight on the chance of discovering similar explosives concealed about their premises the morning papers rallied rapidly to the cause of threatened civilization the daily circumspect declared editorially the alcohol sheviks have at last thrown down the gauntlet the news that the ginarchists have placed a ginfernal machine in the very shrine of law and order is tantamount to a declaration of war upon sobriety as a whole a canister of forbidden design filled with the deadliest gin ingredients was found in the corridor leading to the bureau of marriage licenses in the city hall there must have been something more than accident in its discovery just in this spot men of thoughtful temper will do well to heed the symbolism of this incident plainly not only the constitution of the united states is to be made a quaffing stock but the very sanctity of the marriage bond is assailed to this form of terrorism there is but one answer in the meantime quimbleton had disappeared the house on caraway street was broken into by the police but except for the grape arbor and a great quantity of empty bottles in the cellar no clue was found apparently however the vanished ginarchist for so chuff called him had been writing poetry before his departure the following rather inscrutable doggerel was found scrawled on a piece of paper when death doth reap and chuff is sickled he will not keep he was never pickled for bishop chuff this is ill cheer that time will force him to the beer and when he stands on his last legs then death will drain him to the dregs so when chuff croaks bury him on a high hill for he's a hoax et praetera nihil but bishop chuff was not the man to take these insults tamely his first act was to call together the legislator of the state in special session and the following act was rushed through an act severing relations with nature and amending the principles and processes of the same in so far as they contravene the constitution of the united states and the tenets of the panantists 
whereas in accordance with the declaration of gin dependence it may become necessary for people to dissolve the alcoholic bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the sobriety to which the laws of pessimism entitle them a decent disrespect to the opinions of drinkers requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to drouth whereas we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created sober and are endowed with certain inalienable rights such as life grievances and the pursuit of other people's happiness whenever any form of amusement becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the panantis to abolish it prudence indeed will dictate that beverages long established should not be abolished for light and transient causes but when it is evident that nature herself is in conspiracy against the constitution of the united states and that millions of so-called human beings have found in forbidden tipples a cause for mirth and merriment it is time to call a halt to malt and have no parley with barley whereas it has frequently and regrettably been evidenced that nature is a sot at heart by reason of her deplorably lax morals painful as it is to make the admission there are many of her apparent innocent fruits and plants that are susceptible by the unlawful processes of fermentation and effervescence of transformation into alcoholic liquid science tells us that this abominable form of activity to which nature is privy is in reality a form of decomposition or putrefaction but wilful men will hardly be restrained by science in their illicit pursuit of frivolity whereas nature hereinafter referred to as the enemy has been guilty of repeated ruptures of the constitution of the united states having permitted the juice of apples to ferment into cider having encouraged seditious effervescence on the part of gooseberries currants raisins grapes and similar conspirators having fomented outrageous yeastiness in hops malt rye barley and other grains and fodders therefore be it enacted and it hereby is that all relations with the enemy are hereby and henceforward suspended and any citizen of the united states having commerce with nature or giving her aid and comfort or encouragement in her atrocious alcohol chevic designs on human dignity be and hereby is guilty of treason and lease sobriety be it also enacted and it hereby is that the principle of fermentation is forbidden in the territory of the united states and all plants herbs legumes vegetables fruits and foliage showing themselves capable of producing effervescent juices or liquids in which bubbles and gases rise to the top be and hereby are confiscated eradicated and removed from the surface of the soil and all the laws of nature inconsistent with the principle of this act be and hereby are repealed and rendered null and inconclusive it is hoped that this suspension of relations with nature will operate as a sharp rebuke and bring her to reason it is not the sense of this act to withhold from the enemy all hope of a future reconciliation should she cast off the habits that have made her a menace we have no quarrel with nature as a whole but there is a certain misguided clique the dandelions and gooseberries and other irresponsible plants which must be humiliated we do not presume to suggest to nature any alteration or modification of her necessary institutions 
but who can claim that the principle of fermentation which she has arrogated to herself is necessary to her health and happiness this intolerable thing of which nature has shown us the ugly mug this menace of combined intrigue and force must be crushed with proud punctilio and for the strict enforcement of this act the panantis are authorized and empowered to organize expeditionary forces by recruitment or if necessary by conscription and draft to proceed into the territory of the enemy lay waste and ravage all dandelions gooseberries and other unlawful plants until this is accomplished nature shall be and hereby is declared a barred zone in which civilians and non-combatants pass at their own peril and all citizens not serving with the expeditionary forces shall remain within city and village limits until the territory of nature is made safe for sobriety this document having been signed by the governor became law and thousands of people who were about to leave town for their vacation were held up at the railway stations nature was declared under martial law there were many who held that the act while admirable in principle did not go far enough in practice for instance it was argued the detestable principle of fermentation was due in great part to the influence of the sun upon vegetable matter and it was suggested that this heavenly body should be abolished others pointing out that this was a matter that would take some time advanced the theory that large tracts of open country should be shielded from the sun's rays by vast tents or awnings bishop chuff with his customary perspicacity made it plain that one of the chief causes of temptation was hot weather which causes immoderate thirst in order to lessen the amount of thirst in the population he suggested that it might be feasible to shift the axis of the earth so that the climate of the united states would become perceptibly cooler and the torrid zone would be transferred to the area of the north pole this would have the supreme advantage of melting all northern ice cap and providing the temperate belts with a new supply of fresh water it would be quite easy the bishop insisted to tilt the earth on its axis if everything heavy on the surface of the united states were moved up to hudson's bay accordingly he began to make arrangements to have the complete files of the congressional record moved to the far north in endless freight trains dunraven bleak a good deal exhausted by his efforts to keep all these matters carefully reported in the columns of the evening balloon was ready to take his vacation as a newspaper man he was able to get a passport to go into the country on the pretext of observing the movements of the troops of the panantis who were vigorously attacking the dandelion fields and gooseberry vineyards he had already sent his wife and children down to the seashore in the last refugee train which had left the city before nature was declared outlaw it was a hot morning and having wound up his work at the office he was sitting in a small lunch-room having a shrimp salad sandwich and a glass of milk the street outside was thronged with great motor ambulances rumbling in from the suburbs carrying the wilted remains of berries and fruits which had been dug up by the furious legions of chuff these were hastily transported to the municipal cannery where they were made into jams and preserves with all possible speed before fermentation could set in bleak saw them pass with saddened eyes a beautiful gray motor-car drew up at the curb and honked vigorously the proprietor of the lunch-room thinking that possibly the chauffeur wanted some sandwiches 
left the cash register and crossed the pavement eagerly every eye in the restaurant was turned upon the glittering limousine whose panels of dove throat gray shone with a steely luster in a moment the proprietor returned with a large basket and a small folded paper looking puzzled he glanced about the room and approached bleak i guess you're the guy he said and handed the editor a note on which was scrawled in pencil to the man with a penetrating gaze who has just spilled some shrimp salad on his palm beach trousers bleak after removing the shrimp opened the paper inside he read please bring two dozen rye tongue sandwiches and as much shrimp salad as the basket will hold am famished quimbleton he looked at the restaurateur in surprise the lady said you were to get the grub and put it in this basket said the latter the lady inquired bleak the dame in the car said isidore owner of the busy wasp lunchroom bleak obeyed orders he filled the basket with tongue sandwiches and a huge platter of shrimp salad paid the check and carried the burden to the door of the motor at the wheel sat a damsel of extraordinary beauty the massive proportions of the enormous car only accentuated the perfection of her streamlined figure her chassis was admirable she was upholstered in a sport suit of fawn-coloured whipcord and her sherry brown eyes were unmodified by any dimming devices before bleak could say anything she cried eagerly get in mr bleak i've been looking for you everywhere what a happy moment this is bleak handed in the basket quimbleton he began i know she said i am taking you to him poor fellow he is in great peril get in please by the time bleak was in the seat beside her the car was already in motion you have your passport she said steering through the tangled traffic yes he said he could not help stealing a sidelong glance at this bewitching creature her dainty and vivacious face just now a trifle sunburnt was fixed resolutely upon the vehicles ahead on the rim of the big steering wheel her small gloved hands gave an impression of great capability bleak thought that her profile seemed oddly familiar haven't i seen you before he said very possibly your newspaper printed my picture the other day with some rather uncomplimentary remarks bleak was nonplussed very stupid of me he said but i don't seem to recall i am miss chef she said calmly the editor's brain staggered miss theodolinda chuff he said in amazement he recalled some satirical editorials the balloon had printed concerning the activities of the chuffs and wondered if he were being kidnapped for court-martial by the panantis evidently the use of quimbleton's name had been a ruse it was unfair of you to make use of quimbleton's name to get me into your hands he said angrily miss chuff turned a momentary gaze of amusement upon him as they passed a large tractor drawing several truckloads of gooseberry plants you don't understand she said demurely you may remember that mr quimbleton's card gave his name as associate director of the happiness corporation yes said bleak i am the director she said you but how can that be why your father that's just why anyone who had to live with father would be sure to take the opposite side he's a pan anti i'm a pan pro those poems i have written for him were merely a form of camouflage besides they were so absurd they were sure to do harm to the cause that's why i wrote them i'll explain it all to you a little later at this moment they were held up by an armed guard of chuffs stationed at the city limits they saluted respectfully on seeing the bishop's daughter but examined bleak's passport with care 
then the car passed on into the suburbs as they neared the fields of actual battle bleak was able to see something of the embittered nature of the conflict in the hot white sunlight of the summer morning platoons of panantis could be seen marching across the fields going up from the rest centres to the firing line in one place a shallow trench had been dug from which the chuffs were firing upon a blackberry hedge at long range one by one the unprincipled berries were being picked off by expert marksmen the dusty highway was stained with ghastly rivulets and dribbles of scarlet juices at a crossroads they came upon a group of chuffs who had shown themselves to be conscientious objectors these were being escorted to an internment camp where they would be horribly punished by confinement to lecture rooms with chautauqua lecturers war is always cruel and even non-combatants did not escape in the heat of combat the neutrality of an orchard of plum trees had been violated and wagon-loads of the innocent fruit were being carried away into slavery and worse than death a young apple-tree was standing in front of a firing squad and bleak closed his eyes rather than watch the tragic spectacle the apples were all green and too young to ferment but the chuffs were ruthless once their passions were roused they passed through the battle zone and into a strip of country where pine woods flourished on a sandy soil the fragrant breath of sun-warmed balsam came down about them and miss chuff let out the motor as though to escape from the scene of carnage they had just witnessed whither are we bound asked the editor with pardonable curiosity as the tires hummed over a smooth road cannon new jersey said miss chuff where poor quimbleton is in hiding he is in very sore straits he narrowly escaped capture after the parade the other day i managed to get him smuggled out of the city in the same ambulance that carried father's horse the horse was drunk and quim was sober wasn't that an irony of fate but i promised to tell you how i became associated with the happiness corporation End of chapter four